This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And welcome back to another edition of Midweek Mentions. I am your host at Wapple House on Twitter, or you can call me Christy or Will or whatever you want to. And this week, the Menches that are in the house, we got Mayor Matt, we got Schweitz up in Canada, we got Papo John's uh, down in Miami, and we got Ant in Brooklyn. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing great. Doing good, yeah. Good day. Take over the world. Excellent. How are you doing, Will? I'm I'm not too bad. Uh, So before we started recording i had one of those moments where i thought i was going to have to do something that i've only ever seen in like film and television which is call the fire department to help me get a cat out of a tree because all of a sudden we saw the neighbor's dog in our backyard and i walk out there and holler at it and it takes off running and then i hear this very faint meow and I'm looking, my wife comes out there, we're looking all around for where this meow is, and finally we look up, and about 24 feet in the air is one of our cats uh, in this pine tree, and if you know anything about longleaf pines, it's basically like just this skinny trunk all the way up, like for, you know, sometimes 20, 25, 30 feet, and then there's a few branches, right? So it's not like a climbing tree that you can easily scale and, and uh, you know, get to an animal. Fortunately, my oldest son is built like Spider-Man, uh, and he's very good at rock climbing and stuff, so I lean the ladder up against the tree. We were trying to figure out how we were going to do this. He ends up climbing the ladder and then basically just scaling the tree very slowly, very carefully, he took a duffel bag up there with him and got the the cat by the scruff of the neck and slowly descended. You know, he didn't have to use the duffel bag or anything, got back to the ladder and then got the cat safely down. So uh, has anybody ever had to experience that before? Mayor? I, I actually experienced that during my time as mayor at our former house. Uh, there was a neighborhood pit bull that had gotten out and chased one of our cats up the tree. And I literally, I did call our fire chief and said, uh, chief, I, I says, do y'all actually like really come out and do that? And he kind of chuckled. He goes, well, he goes, obviously, if you want us to, we will. Right, right. But here's something to consider. How many dead cats have you seen in trees? And of course, the answer to that is probably none because right, they eventually right. find their way out. They, they're, well, they everything would have been they're fine. dead. Anything, anything uh, without uh, without your son's intervention, the cat would have found a way down anyway. But it is kind of unsettling when you see a pet that has always been around ground level goes up about 30 feet in the air. So that uh, that was our story. But I, I did actually go that route and ask the fire department. And fortunately, they didn't. A lot of times I'll go like, don't worry about it. And they'll still come to try to do things anyway. Fortunately, they, right. the Cartersville Fire Department did not show up at my house to get a cat out of the tree. It would have been that- front page news the next day in the Cartersville Times. All right. So, so Mayor, I wanted to ask you. So I know that when you call 911, they send an ambulance, they send a fire truck, uh, you know, the paramedics, they come. If you had to call to get your cat out of the tree, are they sending all of those vehicles as well? 
Well, and again, I, I didn't call 911. I called the personal cell phone number of my fire chief. So it's, Ooh, uh, it's a little a bit fl- That's a flex right there. Well, I mean, you know, you've got it. And again, the, it wasn't, it. I need yeah. you to come by and do this. It's, right. hey, do you guys do this? <laughs> I, I will tell you, gosh, this is going to be too personal. And my daughter does listen to the pod, so she's going to hate this. But she was at home, middle of the day, and somebody came to the door. And as young ladies do when they're by themselves, she, she got a little bit freaked out. It was, it was kind of later in the day. And so she called me kind of afraid. And so I said, well, I'm going to come home. I said, just, you know, just hang there. The doors are all locked. The alarm's on. There's nothing to really be afraid of. And uh, so I just called my, my police chief and I said, hey, do you mind just kind of sending somebody? I don't need sirens. No big deal. You know, just I'm on my way home. If you can just. So I call her back and she's panicking and all this. And I'm, again, trying to be a good dad and just kind of everything's fine. I'm coming home. There might be a police officer. If they knock, you let them in. And well, I get to an intersection near my house and I hear sirens and three police cars come ripping through that intersection. Oh, no. I get to my house and I have police officers, sheriff's deputies, a police dog on the back porch and I come in through the garage and the whole time I'm going, Oh, this house is a mess. Oh, why oh, are people are going to see this? <laughs> I come walking in, into my the house and I, there's a guy with a shotgun standing in my hallway. Jesus. And I was like, I mean, it was like nothing I've ever seen. I had, right, I had right. 15 to 20 police officers swarming in my house because I had just told the police chief to, Hey, just, Hey, just kind of slowly have somebody come by. But you have to remember, you know, in his mind, Hey, a member of the mayor's family might be in danger. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was uh, ninjas flying in from the <laughs> ceiling and, and all kinds of stuff. So that was right. Okay. So um, let's see. Schweitz, what do you got for topics this week? Well, I just wanted uh, to ask um, what people thought of the, the 24 hours. First off, if you listen to the PPG, you heard Tony talk about his time, uh, being away and now that he's back and what it was like to be part of the telecast right the, the youtube the, the 24 hours freedom hashtag um and i just want to get what what was everyone's thoughts on that um the uh the 24 hours i will i, I dipped in and out of it um like I, I think a lot of people did but the stuff that i saw i thought was perfectly levitard it was impeccably produced but things still went off the rails and and still there was a hectic quality to it that kind of you know that that them being live the entire time was kind of recapturing them being on live radio i think and it it kind of brought that original thing that i loved hearing from the radio show which was you know kind of walking the the tightrope even though they had more freedom on youtube it was kind of almost at points it was more intense, I think, than even me remembering how it felt listening to them live on the radio. What did you guys think, Ant? Oh yeah, no, I absolutely, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I was actually glued to it for for most of most of the twenty four hours. I think the only thing I missed was when my wife took me out for my birthday, and then I stayed up until I fell asleep sitting in my chair listening. I was, I was all in. I was, I like you loved the live aspect of it. I loved the tension, the Right. You know, even though what's the worst that could have happened on YouTube? I mean, what was the worst thing that happened? Yeah, a couple of yeah. curses here and there that we get now anyway on the podcast. So Exactly. But it still felt like they were really just walking a tightrope. And, you know, if you listen to the show from yesterday, you know, Robin Go talking about the owl bit was not a bit. It just sort right. of jumped. And, but that was like, like, I literally did think, I'm like, wait, I had to rewind. Like, did that bird lose a bunch of feathers? No, it was yeah. confetti. But like, it was just, you know, so many of those moments were just really brought back that intensity that the show has missed. You know, and yeah. I sort of understand Pepper's notwithstanding while Dan was so emotional about it all. Because <laughs> really like it, 
you know, it, it was like a culmination of, of what they've been doing for a long time or, right. or what they've been struggling to do for, you know, the last six months, nine months, a year even kind of thing. Sure, sure. John, what about you? Uh, I know you and you and Kiz actually went down to the Clevelander at one point and uh, I think took Roy a, a bottle of scotch. Yeah, so Kiz sent me a text and said, like, hey, I, I'm thinking after work uh, that I'm, I'm going to go check out the um, – Thing at the Clevelander. So I checked with the boss, she okayed it. And um, we went there with no with no kind of expectations just to see more in support of them, right? The middle of South Beach. I haven't been down there in, in like probably pre-pandemic times. And all of a sudden um, it takes us takes us a good 45 minutes to get there because traffic was horrendous. We get there, South South Beach is back. And it take, makes us, uh, gives us um, another 20, 30 minutes just looking for parking. Uh, finally, we make it there, and um, you know they they charge us a cover to to get into the Clevelander bar, mm-hmm. and we got there. We had some drinks, and then I I texted Uncle Scotchy uh, to see if he was there, if he was part of the production at all. And he did mention. He says, "Yeah, we're, we're it's he. Um, I'm here, but you know the the security is is." is their own security and it's very tight. So I said, well, right. just wanted to just say hi and support the guys. That's all, no, no big deal. And luckily he, he had a moment, a little break. He, he was able to come out and say hi, and uh, which was cool. And we caught up a little bit. Then we were like, hey, you know, how are things going? Said, yeah, you know, we're, we're all like thirsty in part. So I said, all right, well, we'll, we'll get you some drinks. And um, at that point he said, hey, you, you want to, I think, you know, Roy can come down. So we hung out with Roy and we spoke with him. We bought him a drink. And then we're like, well, what are you going to do for the next, you know, 18 hours right. um, if they're not giving you, you know, and, and he, they were like, yeah, that, that's the, that's a big problem. So we all like basically looked at each other and said, well, we'll go up the street and get you uh, a bottle so you guys can just, you know, share, share uh, throughout the night. And, um, and then that set us off on another expedition because I didn't know, but everything pretty much. Uh, liquor wise closes at like nine and it was 10 o'clock already. So we were racing against time because we finally found one that closed at 1030 and, and we found it. We went to it since I'm not a big drinker. Uh, Kish, uh, Kish went out there and bought whatever, whatever um, uh, I guess it was whiskey. Um, he thought they might like, and we got it, we got it over to them and it made it as a prop into one of the pictures. So that was cool. Hell and, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, I think and, Dan, uh, Dan was laying on the uh, pirate ship, passed out with a bottle <laughs> in his hand, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. That, that was, the, that was the pig. So that, that was our, our contribution, uh, LAH yeah. contribution. And um, Roy was, was kind enough to accept a gift from us, which was the, uh, which was a Lauer after hours hat, uh, yeah. the vice hat. And man, he, he, he sported that on, on the show for, for a while. So that was like, we were all stoked. Um, and you know, uh, Kish and I were high-fiving. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that's how that night went down. I didn't get to see a lot of it, but, right. but I felt like I, I contributed at least. In yeah, a small yeah, absolutely. Way. You did. Absolutely. Yeah. Roy, uh, he, he rocked a couple of hats, um, provided by old, old Lou, uh, rafter in sales. Um, he, he sported the yo mama hat for a while and then he, uh, then he was rocking the, the vice edition of the Lauer after hours hat. So it, it was rad. Um, mayor, did you get a chance to, to tune into much of the broadcast? I did. I listened as much as I could I actually had it on at my office, uh, working on Friday afternoon, uh, from the beginning kind of through the, the work day and then uh, was in and out actually slept with it on I just I just kept it on and uh, 
all night long. So I was, you know, you'd fall asleep for a while, you'd wake up, you'd doze off. So I try to listen as much as I possibly could. The thing that, uh, again, in very much Lebetard show fan style, the the fact is they do 23 hours and 50 minutes (laughs) of really and truly, you everybody kind of, Tech, the technical brilliance that it took to pull that off, right? I think I know maybe a little bit more than most. I probably know 5% of it. I mean, there's just no telling what, what it took to do that live without a commercial break. Again, I think Dan pretty much covered most of that on Monday. I don't want to relive that again. Uh, but just absolutely fantastic. But the fact that the, some fans are like, well, they stopped 10 minutes early. Wait a second. It wasn't 24 full hours. It, it just was so on brand. It was funny. Juju was phenomenal. Yep. And I want to go back to last week's midweek mentions because my topic last week was what are the things that you hope to see on it? And I want to relive some of those because I got to see a lot of those things. And one was Lauer after hours represented in some way. You mentioned the hats. You know, the number four hat was very prominent with the fundraiser that we're continuing to sell for. The Yo Mama hat, the Lauer After Hours hat, that was all there. Andrew Streeter with a video uh, was was one of the highlights of it. Yeti, of course, in his part with uh, the Greg Cody segment with the Greg Cody show. He made a reference to steak sauce very early on into that particular hour. <laughs> yep. So we got that. So a lot of Lauer After Hours. And of course, as John just mentioned, we got our own folks behind the scenes making the, the guys happy and keeping them all sauced up and providing content. So we that, are everywhere. <laughs> absolutely. Now, the other thing I brought up, remember, I mentioned having an Ocho type, like having competitions every hour to try to keep every, you know, to kind of keep it interesting. The competition of the Chris's was was part of that. So I'm going to say that that counts. I brought up weekend observations. And of course, with Mikey A and Stu, that's as close as we're going to get to it. So I'm going to count. I'm going to put that in the check column for as close as you're going to get to a weekend observations. And then, of course, you have to count Mike Schur with his marathon observations, which was off the chart hysterical. I I have watched that probably six or seven times. I missed it live. And then I went back and I've, yeah, genius. The, uh, the other two things was I mentioned David Sampson said he had to make an appearance at some point or I wanted to see that and it happened. And of course, the cherry on the Sunday was getting our first look at little Mia Gill. And so uh, she made an appearance there very early on. And so I've just, those are things that I said I wanted to see. And there's five or six things that we actually did see. So I was really happy. And I can't yes. wait to be able to go back and watch, rewatch parts or see parts that I totally missed. I also want to throw in, I was impressed that Dan did so many hours to start. Um, I think Cody mentioned yesterday he expected maybe he'd do a couple hours in the beginning and a couple hours at the end, but he was like, nope, I'm in. I'm here from, you know, 12 p.m. to what did he do? He did, you know, did he do 1 a.m. or did he do midnight? Like he was in for it. And I really appreciated that because he could have very easily done a couple hours and passed it off to Stu with a shipping container and, and made it much more like, you know, everybody is going to get their part. But he was in, and I really appreciated that. I really appreciated how much he sort of was like, no, I'm driving the ship, and it's going to be great, and I'm going to make sure that it is. He, he had 50 million reasons to do that. <laughs> this is true. I don't know. This is true. But, but, again, but you're right. He didn't have to, and he did. And he certainly could have done like six hours and then passed off like the night shift. He was like, nope, I'm in. I'm, I'm here. And so also, sure. and, you know, as you've talked about Mike Ryan, I mean, he was up for, you know, 30-something hours straight, and, and it was just, you know. You could see his hand in every single thing they did. And it was, again, as you said, Mayor, very impeccably produced. It was just... I How was much tequila did he have? Because I, I, since I didn't watch all of it, especially into the later hours, 
I'm wondering if he actually pounded tequila or not. He was pounding tequila independently throughout the sort of afternoon parts. And, and then when he had Barkley on him, and Barkley would do like, you know, shots together. It was hard to tell because he had a really big bottle and I couldn't actually remember where it started when he first started drinking out of it. But he did put back a good amount of tequila, but not too much that he was ever really like slurring his words. But he, he did put back a good amount of tequila. And, Schweiss, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, one of the things that I really thought was cool, I really liked the, the sort of the proje- production, the logistics, the planning, understanding the reasons why they're putting things in certain places. And one of the things I realized uh, as I woke up on uh, Saturday morning to start watching, I started watching around seven, they scheduled basically from one to seven as all of the podcast properties that they were going to re-release later in the week, which they have now. So uh, on the East Coast, those are the times most people are going to miss. So you can still catch the Cinephobe, you can catch the Mystery Crate, you can cr- catch um, the Great Cody show, which dropped Monday. They, re- they released all the things that most people were going to miss in podcast form already this week without having to drop everything. And I thought that was a pretty like, smart way to plan that. How do you play? And one more thing I want to mention. I watched Greg Cody. He was the best he's been in a really long time at 4AM. Like, his thing went all over the place with, like, the psychic and the belly doctor. But he was, like, not coughing, not sneezing, not, like, going off the rails. He was, like, focused and the best Greg Cody you can get, given we know how off the rails you can get. So I also want to give him some props. Prime Cody hours right there. Like any good team. Hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, there's, there's, I've got... God, probably 21 hours worth of content I need to catch up on if I'm realistic about how much time I actually spent, uh, you know, paying attention to the broadcast throughout the 24 hours. I figured out how to play it in the background of my phone uh, because I was not, I don't really like stay glued in one spot of my house, you know, to like sit in front of a television. So I've always got an earbud in. So I figured out, I, I downloaded Opera for my iPhone and then uh, requested the desktop version of YouTube and then hit play and then minimize that so I could play on my phone and, uh, you know, do yard work and, and, uh, you know, go around the house and, and kind of have my, my freedom, so to speak, no pun intended, uh, while, while consuming the broadcast. But, uh, it was, it was good stuff all around. What was, uh, I know everybody kind of named their favorite parts, um, of, of the, the broadcast. Mayor, you talked about the technical aspect of this. I've seen like streamers that play video games with one camera, you know, shooting them in the same place for 24 hours straight, right? That that is easy 
to do that you know you just leave a camera running basically for 24 hours on twitch but the fact that they like had camera people like shots set up all over the place you know down on the beach i i would love to see you know there's that big shot that they they put out on twitter of like all the people standing on the rooftop and stuff like i want to know how many cameramen they had like the the sound guys like that that stuff fascinates me and and uh just you know, I know it took out a lot out of Mike Ryan because he tweeted out yesterday that he's taken some extended time, uh, or maybe that was this morning. I, I've been getting my days mixed up now, but uh, he's he's on break now. Uh, I could imagine after seeing that tweet and seeing how many people were in that group photo, it kind of hit home for me just how big of a technical event that they pulled off was. You know what I mean? Like like all the planning that had to go into it. One thing that Dan mentioned was all the all the voices that are in mike's ear, earphones or and that he had guys from dc and he had guys from just like i think he mentioned about six seven people probably barking you know directions and and or asking questions and and he had to orchestrate all of that and and uh i guess when i when i just think of the show i can only imagine how it was when they were back on espn and then doing the live stuff through the studio where they had to communicate with dc and they had to communicate with i guess espn suits and they had to do all that and that really brought it brought it to mind where i was like wow okay yeah he's he's not just really hit home for you yeah he's just not he's not only feeding stugatz the the material and and orchestrating what's happening in in the studio but he's also conveying you know ideas to dc and to the tv guys i don't know i i was i was you know my eyes were opened a little bit to to everything he does i i'm a mike ryan fan but um that just that just made me a little little more uh, appreciative of what he does yeah i i and I'm certainly not taking a, an iota's worth of anything away from him. I don't know how much he had to do with the television production side of it. I'm sure that was one of the voices that was in his in his ear. And I've done a little bit of TV work. And, and you know, to have an I, it's called an IFB. It's just that secondary. you got producers talking in your ear. Imagine while you're talking that there's somebody else, two or three people telling, all right, you got 30 seconds. Or, hey, we need to cut to this. Or, you know, and you've got people that are doing the television production side. And again, I don't want to relive Monday, but Dan did allude to some of this. The fact that you you had people that were doing the TV production side that weren't familiar with the show. And so I'm sure there was a lot of context that Mike was having to provide on the fly to right. the television production people to make sure that they could tie it together because they're busting their butt trying to do a great job, but they needed a little bit of direction just because of their lack of familiarity with it. But again, you tie that onto the top of the YouTube side of it, the chat monitoring, the executives that were there. I mean, again, it was, and for that long a period of time. And the other thing is, is there's, I mean, there were some musical breaks, yes, but the no commercial breaks, when you do broadcasting for any extended period of time, you do just kind of, kind of hit this wall. There's got to be a transition again to be able to just go, all right, we're going to be, we're going to be back in a minute just to kind of, Hey guys, what did we miss? Or try to just, just to reset and to not have that was again, just, it's phenomenal beyond, beyond words. And I, I'm so happy for them. Uh, that is the one thing I'll take from the Monday show that the yammering that went on, but the, the part that really does stick with me is the authentic joy that Dan had in accomplishing this and not really for himself, but for all the people that he accomplished it with. Sure. Uh, granted it shouldn't have taken two and a half hours with just him talking to get that across, <laughs> but 
but but I don't want that to get lost in all that because I'm sure everybody was just as put out, not put out, but you know, just kind of like, all right, we got it, we understand. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. But but again, it, it, and that kind of got lost in it. But again, when you think about the the gamble that they took on themselves, and for him, again what I appreciate most about him and the way he felt about it was it was that he had accomplished this, not for himself, but for the people that believed in him and the people that had, had come with him a lot that, that put their faith in him. And, and I, I think that's something to really focus on. All right. And that's the final word on that. Let's never talk about John Skipper being an empath or peppers or the 24 hour marathon. Again, I think everybody's got uh, enough, uh, enough analysis on that. It was, it was a great time. Have we talked about the 24 hour marathon longer than the 24 hour marathon? Almost, almost (laughs) we're we're getting there. All right. Gentlemen, uh, what other topics we got this week? Anybody got anything for me? Aunt, what you got? Yeah, I, I just want to say for yesterday's show, Earlene, Greg Cody's wife, is oh, just a fountain of yes, amazingness. Is. I mean, the whole thing of, 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 you know, she's just in on the joke. She's yep. all in for it. She's, she plays with Dan. She seems to love Dan as much as Greg does. And she seems to put up with Greg's stuff and the whole, like, can we start? I hope she loves Greg as much as Dan does. Yeah, I know. I mean, well, I mean, she said he makes me laugh. So that's, you know, that's that's why she keeps him around. Right. But like the planning of the funeral and, you know, (laughs) I'm not a big blaze of Cody song fan, but the other song about him kicking just has me in stitches every single time I hear it. So good. So good. But she, to me, she's, I mean, she's a gem. She's always been a gem, but yesterday I just loved the whole talking to her and the whole idea of planning his funeral bits and pieces over the next X amount of months or just like, that's going to be comedy gold to me. That's just going to be amazing. She's great. She's great. Yeah. That was, I think that was the highlight of yesterday's show. Honestly, uh, had to be, but she is so quick and you can, you, like you said, like the, the chemistry between, between her and Dan, you got an instant feeling for what it's like for Dan to like, have like been hanging out over at Greg's house, which is just those two busting uh, Greg's balls (laughs) nonstop the entire time. But Greg loves it. Right. Because the, 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 the flip side to that is, they're talking about me. Like it's a tension, you know, like he, he, he might, he might, you know, uh, 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 put his tail between his legs and act like his feelings are hurt or whatever after, after, you know, they, they keep going with it for a little bit, but deep down inside he's being, you know, he's having attention shown to him. And that's, that's the most important thing in Greg's world. Or the moment when you talked about what would happen if she were to die before him. And Chris was like, Oh no, that's on me. Like I get like, you could feel like it was a genuine like, oh God, no, oh God, no, oh. That was so good. That was so good. So, what, what do you guys think? Here's a here's a question I got for you. So, so Mike announced that he's, uh, you know, taking some extended time. He didn't give a, a time frame or anything. Do we think it's going to be Whittingham in that seat, kind of running running point, so to speak, behind the, behind the board? Yeah, that guy's a pro. They've mentioned on the show where he's he's been doing it since he was you know a teenager. Right. And, um, and I've been listening to him for years on, on, uh, 790 and, um, and he used to have a show with, um, uh, well, he started some of the five reasons stuff. So I've been listening for, he's so good. He's, he's really so good. And I didn't know, I didn't know how young he was until one of his co-hosts on the show one time mentioned that, that he was like 
this 20 year old because the way he spoke, the way he carried himself, how professional he was on radio. Um, he just, he, I'm sure he knows everything there is to know about, about production. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how, how, how well he's going to do feeding Stu his lines and things like that, but, but that notwithstanding, I think he's going to do a, a fantastic job choreographing everything. I believe he's got the proper technical acumen to be able to handle that position. <laughs> well, well spoken, uh, fancy lad. Um, I yeah. just want to throw out that I think they're going to give Jessica, I think they're going to give Smetty some, some time in that chair too. I think they're going to try to, not that they're going to play each other off each other, but I think they're going to try to give them, especially with Billy out, because I think Billy would be the most natural person to take that seat if he was around. I think they're going to try to get her. I mean, it seemed like during the 24-hour thing, there were some points where she was sort of like, not shadowing him exactly, but right. I think there's going to be some level of, of getting her sort of used to and using... I mean, she seems to have that production sort of background, although not necessarily in radio, but in a lot of the stuff she's done previously to, to, to join the partnership. So I also think they're going right. to give her a chance because, I mean, in some ways, Witty is really great content in when he can interject. And sometimes you can't necessarily interject if you're trying to sort of oversee stuff. So I think there's going to be... I think there's going to be some some trade off between the both of them. Maybe so. I, I don't. I, that, that honestly, that would kind of surprise me. In that, uh, I, she's very new. Obviously, she's only been there. You know, I think less than a month now. Um, but like, I was thinking mainly in that executive producer role, like filling not now on air personalities. I think the pl- interplay between her and Whittingham and Chris Cody is going to be fantastic because they're going to be the primary voices, kind of like battling it out and, and giving each other shit. And I'm looking forward to that. Schweitz? I was just going to say, I don't know 100% what individually they do as far as like this person does sounders, this person's, you know, how how their rules work out. I can see uh, Jessica, especially with Billy out right now, sort of being with Chris, sort of shattering Chris, filling in with, with sort of Billy's spot a little bit. Because, yeah, Witty does have that acumen he has that knowledge because i do think billy would have been the the fit there i think we've we've seen billy come in when mike's not there and and take that role you know we've I seen roy do, that's fine yeah that's i've seen i've seen roy do it too I, th- I think from a from a teaching standpoint i think witty can cover what mike does and they could use it as a teaching teaching element for jessica for with billy gone i don't know how long he's out i'm used to canada where you get you know up to a year off so uh, that's certainly not going to be the case for, for Billy. But. Nah, doubt that. Doubt that. Not, not here in the States. Um, one quick thing, and this will be the last time that I mention uh, the 24-hour marathon. Just want to say suck it to all the people that told me my lyrics were wrong about Tony being part of the pirate ship. I knew he was coming back. I knew it from the very beginning. And the this the day after they left ESPN, guess who was on with them? Tony was. He was still he was uh like after they left ESPN, he was still on the Zooms. I know he's been working with them this entire time, but nobody believed me and then Tony actually DM'd me privately and was like, "Hey, keep this under wraps." So, um I did have it confirmed that he was joining them. Uh he just had to had to let, leave his contract out, but my uh writing of the local hour theme song, Pirate Radio, which I wonder if they're going to keep using because Mike mentioned the Pirate phase being over pretty soon, so I don't know. They're, they probably hired Method Man to write them an actual theme song at, at some point. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, maybe maybe that will be uh, set adrift to see at some point. Ant, go ahead. And I was going to say, in, in in addition to congratulating Tony, 
I'd like to congratulate Amin for getting his contract and officially joining the pirate ship. Right. Yes. And now exactly. we can sort of put the twenty four hour thing to bed. Right. Right. Excellent. Okay. Last thing no, we we're can't say we, about it. We can't put the twenty four hour thing to bed yet because Schweitz has something to say. Oh because God damn the, it. Okay. Perhaps Go the ahead, biggest. Schweitz. Perhaps the biggest news of the entire twenty four hours is that the shipping containers getting a little bit larger. Schweitz, what do you got there? I just want to say congratulations, Roy. As, as you all heard, Roy announced that he and Anid, that's right, Stugatz, her name is Anid, uh, they're having, they're expecting another child, which is wonderful. Yep, congrats, Roy. Congrats. I, ha- I, have, I have written a poem for the occasion, if you will all uh, oh, good let God. me say it. No. no. I blame you in advice, I vote no. Absolutely. The mayor has spoken. Gavel got, down, read your poem. Right. i got to hear this. So, so I have decided that show songs are too difficult, so I'm going to do uh, show limericks and show poems. <clears throat> King Roy sits atop his fine chair with proclamations and news to share. He doesn't like drama. He says, yo mama, a new royal sibling for Claire. Well done. Okay, that wasn't well, as bad very, as I very thought Very nicely it was. done. Okay. And, and by the way, I did, and I, if, you met, if you saw this in the chat or not, but I actually uh, got the creative juices flowing last night and wrote a song myself. And then I decided to go ahead and record the, the vocal track. There is no way in the world anybody in the, on this earth, it's not going to be out digitally. Let me just put it that way. But I think from a lyrical side, it did very good. And I just don't have the singing chops to do it. So I've never used auto-tune. I think auto-tune would probably blow up if I tried to do it. So <laughs> Not I'll enough processing be, power. I'll, I'll just be satisfied with the fact that I got my creative energies going the other night sure, and had a good therapeutic sure. night just creating my own kind of art that I'll enjoy for my own amusement. What about one of the uh, fellows in the chat uh, recording it? Uh, I put the lyrics out there and asked them to do that. Uh, or I made it available to them if they wanted to do that. And uh, so far, no takers. I, I threatened I will absolutely share the audio if Mayor shares it with me. Um, I am I am ruthless in that regard. So I yeah. can't. Everyone's he like, hey, just share just share it. just share it with us, guys. Just share it with just share it with us, Mayor. It'll we won't. I was like, no, it, it's it's. <laughs> no. Well, we know Will can keep a secret. Yeah, we do, but we know that that one would not be kept. That's true. From, not, from past history in the chats and pictures of Jeff's big head and all those kind of things. I mean, why, why, make your, why make yourself more vulnerable than you already are? Seriously, seriously. All right. Uh, anybody got any other topics they want to cover this week? Just the fact that we're still pushing out an awful lot of content. We've had some great podcasts that'll be coming through on the Lower After Hours side of things. Post-post games going on, Laughter the Club, and, of course, Midweek Menches. By the way, still got some hats for ALS, about 40 as we record this. And again, I'm really proud of this group and, uh, and getting along with Kate Fagan and, and Tom Haberstrow to, to raise money for ALS, shop.lowerafterhours.com, and uh, just to help support the cause and all the other content that we're pushing out, a lot of different options, and uh, just happy to continue to be a part of this group, guys. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, go get Go get one of those ALS hats before they are all gone. I don't know how uh, long that's going to last. Um, This will probably, what's today, Wednesday, so this will come out tomorrow. Who knows? They could be gone by tomorrow. Lou keeps us updated in the chats pretty pretty consistently with how many are left. So uh, they they keep going fast, and all of the proceeds are going to be donated to uh, ALS research and funding. So, yeah, go check one of those out. Um, Okay, where can we find you on twitter at stiano on twitter s-t-a-i-a-n-o excellent mayor matt where can we find you 
I'll be, you can find me lying on a couch next to John Skipper, uh, but on Twitter at Santini Matt. Excellent. Schweitz, what about you? You can find me at shop.lowerafterhours.com. <laughs> All right. And uh, John in Miami, where can we find you? At Stugatz Army 790. Excellent, excellent, and I am uh, I am crispy meme donut Christy Yamaguchi Main. Will uh, you can find me at Wapple House on Twitter W A P P L E H O U S E. We appreciate you listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Go uh, listen to our back catalog with all of our interviews. Um, some good times in that uh, that podcast feed. Follow us. Uh, I think I said it uh, at Lower After Hours on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you next week. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.